Hey, this is former WWE superstar and ECW original, The Blue Meanie. And you're listening to Live and in Color with my boy, Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. I'm your host, Wolfie D, and my co-host, Jimmy Street. Today, Jimmy's favorite dead gum show that we do. This is Ask <laughs> Wolfie D Anything. What's going on, Jimmy? Man, I am living the dream just trying to be like you, Wolfie, just trying to be oh. like you, brother. Man, bless your heart if you ever get like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always one of my favorite episodes. Ask Wolfie D anything. We we go to the listeners and we ask them to essentially do my job. <laughs> and I love it because it's like a week off. I just put the little questions together and read them to you and make you do the hard work and make them do the hard work. So yeah. I'm stoked, man. I, I love these shows. They've always been really, really, really really successful as far as numbers and honestly you know the numbers mean so much to us y'all so thanks for listening that's good and I, again we do appreciate all the listeners you know all my fans uh, maybe even people that weren't fans beforehand maybe hopefully we have people like that coming on uh, oh totally I'm very excited about some of the sponsors that we have. And the newest one is Manscaped. Now, if you don't know what that is, use your uh, imagination dudes out there. Um, But don't be gross. Shave, man. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) seriously. I mean, I think as men, we can talk about that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, manscaped.com, we've got 20% off using code Wolfie. I know y'all have heard the ads, me telling you about it. 20% off code Wolfie at manscaped.com. Literally 20% off plus free shipping. So that's probably what? 30 bucks right there. We're saving people on average off of that. And again, like Wolfie said, don't be gross. Don't be a a Sasquatch. Get out there, shave your nuts (laughs) (laughs) and and look if you if you don't if you're not into that or whatever you know yeah. I, a lot of guys you know have tattoos and stuff like that sometimes i see dudes that have tattoos and they still got all this hair on their arms and i'm like why right. would you get tattoos if you're not going to shave your arms to where they look you know brighter cleaner crisper you know so totally other things shave your arms from tattoos i know a lot of dudes shave the chest these days where it used to be a thing where oh you shave your chest what is what's wrong with you it's not, <laughs> it's not like that anymore no, been- and you're exactly right, bro. That's a great thought I didn't even think of, man. The tattoos. Take yeah. that. It's like cut the grass, man. Trim it up, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, another thing they come with, it's the ear and nose trimmer. And dude, I'm telling you, I've used it and, and I can actually breathe again. My ears are, are, you know, you get those little really tough ear hairs that are just there to kind of tick you off. Man, I trim yeah. that down. My wife wants to actually touch my ears again. So <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Nose hairs is a super pet peeve of mine, man. When I see somebody that's got nose hairs hanging out of their nose, I want to put on a pair of gloves and start yanking them out. Because quite frankly, I'll yank my own out because I'm very sensitive to the tickle of them. Yeah. I'm riding down the road and I don't have my nose trimmer or whatever. I'm yanking that son of a gun out and people like, damn, don't that hurt make your eyes water? I don't give a shit. I don't Right. 
yeah. not only does it tickle me, but it looks disgusting. Yeah, it does. Because I remember my papa, he would have them nose hairs bowling out of there, and he didn't care because he was a papa and whatever. But at the same time, you got to get them pulled out of there. But even if it makes your eyes water, it's okay. You know, yeah. you you've that's the way it is, man. I totally agree with you there. Nose hairs are the wave of the past. They're gone. <laughs> with the ear and nose trimmer. So night, you may you may think you got it clean and all of a sudden there's one hanging out the next day. It's right. Like- hairs in the world i know i know and and it really is the grossest hair in the world it, it i mean it's like seriously but anyway the, there's the performance package 4.0 you can get that 20 percent off or you can honestly get any of their items 20 percent off with code wolfie at manscape.com and honestly y'all when we've said pro wrestling tees you know we always want you to buy a shirt from us we we have some great opportunities on there wolfie's designed you know some awesome t-shirts at the same time we've got the pictures from wolfie d we you know they're always available you know support coach's corner support you know jade roper support ben Bowie. you know but at the same time we need this y'all we really need this because the more they use the codes the better manscaped is the more things we can do for y'all so code wolfie 20 percent off plus free shipping don't forget it right on man so i guess i go in front of the firing squad now and you can fire away (laughs) Well, gang, we'll be right back with Ask Wolfie Anything. Hey, folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live It In Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, Go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, we're back with Ask Wolfie D Anything. And today, like Wolfie just said, we're putting him in front of the, I guess, the firing squad that you guys fire. So we're going to kick it off here. (laughs) Listeners, we love y'all. We so much appreciate y'all. Thank you for the simplicity of some of the questions and thank you for the, honestly, the thought out questions as well. We, we really appreciate those, but this one might take the cake on the simplicity question side. So from Facebook, it's Jerry and he asks, do you remember Airwolf? (laughs) Of course I remember Airwolf. (laughs) My very first kid when I was a kid um, had a mask on because they thought that they don't want people to know how old I was um, for whatever reason. So they wanted to put me in an, under a mask. And then I had already uh, like they just started. People started calling me uh, Wolfie uh, immediately, like guys in the back, stuff like that. Um, but yeah. anyway, the show Airwolf was was popular. Totally. And, of course, being a, a kid that age, I did have some hops on me back then and get up and do some good, nice high drop kicks and, you know, come off the top and all that kind of stuff. So um, I can't remember. I think it was me that came up with the name. It may not have been, but I, I think it was. Um, it might, you know what? Thinking back, it could have been um, either my stepdad or a guy named Rick Reynolds. It could have been one of them two that actually came up with that. I don't know that I would have come up with that gimmick. But anyway, I had a hood on and had little wings over the um, 
the eyes, um, you know. Yeah. My mom made me a. It, it was that was when neon colors were cool. So I'd go to, you know, Kmart and, and buy tights that had neon colors on them. My mom made me a. It was a windbreaker that you know Randy Savage had that jacket. Course we all know I was a huge mark for him. He had the jacket with the tassels that hung real low. Yeah, so neon jacket with neon tassels, a black mask with neon wings and neon tights, and that's that was my first gimmick. That's awesome. You had it together. It sounds like brother, and I mean neon's kind of <laughs> kind of back anyway. So you know. <laughs> Yeah, right. that would be amazing to see that now. The airwolf from the second turnbuckle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picking on you, brother. Okay. All right. So that's cool, man. I, You know, I'm glad you went into a little more detail on that because I think our first episode, of course, we talked about airwolf and you actually didn't tell us that story about the show being popular and that works so well with your name. That's cool, man. Thank you, Jerry, for the question. All right. Our next one here is our Facebook friends, Bobby from Facebook asks any good flash Flanagan stories. Mm, um, Maybe just one or whatever. Well, I'm trying to think of like any behind the scenes type stuff. I really can't think of, but flash and I just, you know, we were partners. Um, many times we were singled against each other. Many times, um, yeah. flash was man. I mean, hell of a worker, uh, and still, you know, a good friend, man. I talked to him um, a few weeks ago to see how he was doing. He was checking on me, and we talked about our ailments <laughs> and our uh-huh. and he did crazier shit than I ever did. Yeah, so I think he's just a little younger than me, but um, yeah, man. I mean, just we had some really good matches, man, and and did some off the wall kind of stuff a lot and you know worked hard together and worked hard against each other like i say i can't my memory we know is not the greatest sometimes but it's just far as out of the ring type stuff i just flash was a quiet dude man um yeah he he was the you know big outgoing but he's he's more that way now you know but uh right he was not that way when he broke in the business. Like, you know, I'd already been in the business a little bit when he got in. I don't think too much longer. I can't remember the, the years exactly, but yeah, yeah man, yeah. that's just an awesome dude. And he'd done some crazy stuff. And I don't think he actually got the recognition nor the push or made the money that he should have. That's what I was going to say, you know, because you guys were both incredible workers, but at the same time, I just feel like maybe he did not break through a little bit, but every time I saw him wrestle, I was like, holy crap, this guy is really good, you know? He, he would have needed probably a, a good gimmick with a good manager, yeah. uh, because Flash wasn't the greatest talker, and that's not knocking him. Hell, I wasn't the greatest, but um, I, I feel like I got the job done. But uh, Yeah, yeah. At any rate, yeah, somebody like him it reminds me uh, a lot of like Chris Michaels. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Who my friends that I think are, I've had some of the best matches uh, ever with those guys, man. So that, again, not a knock, just there's that certain thing, you know, missing sometimes. And if somebody don't come up with the right idea for you to complement your your flaws, I guess you'd say and to capitalize on the things that you do well, then, you know, because, man, I mean, it does take a lot of times uh, someone else helping you as far as the office goes, you know? Right, 
Right. I mean, we've talked many times about the opportunities that you and Jamie receive a PG-13 from just the right place at the right time with the right gimmick, with the right mindset, with the right. I mean, literally almost you guys had to be in that one position to get to where you got on that next level, where whether it was in front of Jerry Jarrett or whether it was in front of Vince. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You guys we had people that knew how to book us. Right. Know, whether it totally. be as yeah. baby or his heels. I mean, we had, um, you know, obviously first uh, Jerry Jarrett. I mean, helped us start the gimmick on a on a bigger level than just Tennessee Outlaws. Um, and, and and then you know you got Jerry Lawler there booking sometimes. You had Dutch booking sometimes. You had Dutch bring us to Puerto Rico and book us his heels down there. You had uh, Jim yeah. Cornette. Uh, bring us to Smoky Mountain and use us as heels. He had uh, some great minds that knew how to take advantage of what we were, you know? Yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah, that's a good question, Bobby. I think we need to get Flash on the show. It's kind of like one of the holes in our, our storyline here. So I think Flash needs to come on the show for sure. So whenever you can, Flash, you're always welcome on the show. And Wolfie, just let him know that. So, all right. So our next question here is from Jeff Frog Wheeler on Facebook. And I put in that I don't think it's the frog from your WCW days. I'll no. say that. <laughs> Yeah. Anyone know what happened to Richard Lee, the former manager of the Moon Dogs? I have I've heard that question over the years, uh, and I mean he's been out and disappeared. I think for quite some time. So yeah. I I have no clue, and I I, I want to say he lived close to me uh, in Nashville in the early days. Um, yeah, but I didn't really know Richard that well, other than in the locker room, you know, before shows or whatever. And he he wasn't there that long while I was there, so yeah, you know. Uh, and I don't really know nobody that knows him other than uh, the Moon Dogs, and most of them have passed. So, gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. One day I want us to watch a Tupelo Brawl. Yeah, I want us to watch that as a watch along someday. I would love because one of our most recent guests, Jerry Calhoun, was the ref in that. There's a scene in that that's hilarious where he's basically protecting the popcorn machine. <laughs> it's hilarious. But anyway, yeah, I want us to watch that because I would love to see your perspective from that show. So anyway, thank you, Jeff, for the question. Wolfie just doesn't really know about Richard right now. So, all right, next question is from Facebook, Keenan Brown. He says, I've seen you wrestle many times at the Earl Bell Community Center in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Any good stories from that venue? He always thought it was a good spot for USWA. Okay, so when I was in USWA, we only ran, I think they used to run it more, um, but we only ran it like once a month or, yeah, once a month. We'd run it on the Saturday night that we didn't run Nashville because of the flea market. Uh, okay. Or whatever. Um, and and honestly, that building to me, uh, I, guess, I think it used to draw a lot better than it was then. And, and I've seen some decent houses there and whatnot. But for me, I just had so much rather. And please, you know, to the guy asking the question, don't take this the wrong way. It's not me knocking Jonesboro or anything. It's just I was from Nashville, and I really liked working in the fairgrounds. And yeah. The, it was like uh, between, you know, you had the nostalgia of the Coliseum in Memphis and 
everybody hated working in Evansville. Uh, and then Louisville was always awesome. But it was just that's where I attended wrestling as a kid, and I loved the environment there. So I, I was always kind of like, oh, gosh, it's Jonesboro week. <laughs> but uh, it, it, I tell you, the only thing I can really think of, man, is um, – like nothing outrageous. I know I worked Sid there one time, and I forget why that was because it's not like me and Sid were in an angle or something. But we ended up being the main event, I believe. And I just remember, I mean, because the house, like I said, it wasn't the greatest and whatnot. And you know, sometimes I was listening to uh, Dutch talk about this about you know some of the guys get injured so much now because they're doing stuff that's just out of this world. Their their shelf life is not that long anymore. Uh, right. And, right. and you got to pick and choose sometimes. And, and whether it's, you know, you piss somebody off or whatever, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? You got to take care of you because, you know, as we saw with Big E, in the blink of an eye, his career's probably ended. You know, yeah. he's not yeah. paralyzed, but career's probably ended for doing something that wasn't it, necessary. It, yeah. it was very unnecessary. You know, something like that could have been saved for, you know, like, like an angle or, you know, oh, my God, he's hurt. You know, did you just suplex him on the floor? Oh, my God. You know, but instead it was a brushed off move followed by something else that someone else did. You know, it just it was completely brushed over. I mean, it yeah. meant thing. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh I knew how Sid was, and I got along with Sid, but I just knew how, like, when he did his powerbomb, a lot of times he'd put motherfuckers on their head instead of trying to flatten them out a little bit. And then thinking of the house and thinking what it meant, a, a meaningless match between me and him, I, you know, I knew they weren't going to put me over. So I just told him, I told, I didn't tell Sid because he, you know, he's a loose cannon. I didn't want to make <laughs> a little, little buffer there in case he flipped out or something. But, uh, I said, I told Randy, I said, Randy Hales, I said, Randy, I said, you know, I'm fine with whatever he wants to do or whatever. I said, but I'm not doing the power bomb for a finish. I'm not doing it. I said, I'll take the choke slam, but I'm not yeah. doing the power bomb. So Sid was all right with it. And I think we had a decent match. I don't really remember it that much, but yeah, nothing memorable. But yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on Jonesboro. You know, it was, it was not my favorite place to go. And, and nobody, I'll say maybe, Nobody was really super excited on that night, you know. You, yeah. You're off the next day. You're just done TV and had to, you know, dick around Memphis or something for you know hours until it was time to go over there. So it was kind of like, yeah. And where and if you'd have been in Nashville, you were home, you know. So right. they, and that's just one less night at the fairgrounds, too. To be honest, that's probably you know if anybody could lay claim to that building, you know, you're definitely one of the guys that could lay claim to the fairgrounds. You know, I, I noticed that somebody NWA is running the fairgrounds again. Is there even a venue there? I was told it was torn down. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just I haven't been there in so long. I don't know. Um, yeah, you know, I heard it was gone for I, a soccer field or something. Like that, because I, I listen to Cornette's podcast occasionally and stuff like that. And especially like him, man, he knows everything about everything. Can tell you a story about every freaking right. wrestler ever wrestled and stuff like that. And then it makes me feel like shit. I'm supposed to know this. Well, <laughs> dude, I'm, hey, sometimes disconnected. Yeah, first of all, did Cornette party like you too? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I saying. Gonna, <laughs> uh, talk about someone else's. Personal. Incriminating. Yeah, I understand. 
Yeah, no problem. <laughs> anyway, I love Cornette's podcast. It's definitely my favorite. Other than Live and in Color with Wolfie D, it's it's definitely up there. So anyway, on with the show here. So up next, we've got Roger from Facebook. And this one, I think, is a simple question. Ever hit a midget with a hubcap? Well, um, I know who Roger is, and you may. Um, yeah. Little Farmer John. He was also right. uh, the Little Eagle in USW. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think. I'm pretty sure that I've hit him in the head with a hubcap before. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I hit uh, Midget D with one before, too, because I remember doing something with him for Bert and uh, had him dressed up like uh, Steve Dahl and Reno Riggins. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> had him come out and act like I was terrified of him. It might have been a chair. Or something like that. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. And let me tell you something. Those little people, I don't know if I'm allowed to say Midget D because that is the name. Sure. But I don't know if I'm I'm being politically correct if I say that word anymore. So we don't want to offend anybody. Uh, but little people are hard as hell to pick up. I would I bet. body slam a 250-pound grown man than I would a little person. Because yeah. <laughs> you got to get down so low and their center of gravity, it's like trying to slam a fire plug. <laughs> it's hilarious. But yes, Roger, I'm pretty sure he's referring to me hitting him at some point. <laughs> well, he put midget in the question. So if I've said something that has offended an entire section of our listenership, I apologize. But he put the word, the M word, <laughs> in his question. So. Oops. Ian, that he is an M-word, and I'm going to go with saying the word midget. Anyway, all right. That's a good question. Thank you, Roger. Thank you for listening. All right. Jamie from Facebook asks a couple of questions here, and they may be totally unrelated, or they may be totally related. So the first question is, a good backstage fight that you've seen and not been in, Wolfie? Seen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now, I've seen a lot of... Um, you know, getting in each other's faces and arguing and, you know, that happens quite often as far as actually coming to blows because people get their, you know, their jobs are at stake on stuff like that. Yeah. So, and, and like you just said, honestly, and, and I'm not trying to be funny, uh, a few of them have involved me. So those are the ones I can tell you about, but <laughs> there's not even been a, a whole lot of those. There's been, uh, you know, near altercations we talked about and, and Jim Mitchell, when he was on, talked about it with him and Raven. And I really yeah. want to step in really bad, uh, you know, cause I thought it was kind of a bully move. Um, but again, it, it, you don't want to, your job's at stake there, you know? Sure. So, I mean, I remember, I'm sure I have seen some guys get into it like on an indie level or something like that where, you know, you don't really have a job per se. Sure. So you're, you don't have really nothing to worry about. Um, but uh, I, I, I remember in USWA, I seen there was this guy named uh, Bad Business Brown. Um, he was he's a guy that worked for Dale Man. He's a hell of a worker. And, and, and him and I want to say the guy Hitman Louie. I think they brought him in to work the Moon Dogs as the dog catchers. Okay. And, um, I remember the big business Brown's name was Brian. I think he's passed, and it's been a while since he passed. And then I want to say the other Moon Dog was cousin Junior uh, Cujo, Moon Dog Cujo, 
And I don't know how it was at TV. It was in <laughs> Channel Five back there, and where we dressed was a uh, uh, was their break room, the news people's break room. And uh, I don't remember what started, whatever, but I do remember seeing them. They locked horns, and they both, you know, big boys. And uh, I can't remember where I've seen punches, but I there there was yes, because I remember some thuds here and there. But it was like you know they kind of it was almost like they locked up. And we're kind of hitting at each other. And then, of course, everybody was going to break that up pretty quick. But um, other than that, I just can't really remember. Like I say, if it involved me, there's been a few times where things have happened. But other other people, I can't say that I can't recall anything other than words being exchanged between guys and getting heated to the point where you thought, okay, they're fixing to go. But never yeah. really did. Okay. And that's funny because you did bring up Dale Mann. So that, <laughs> ever work for Dale Mann? It sounds like you answered that as well. So. Does, well, that was part of the question, too. Uh, that was I, the second part of his question, Dale, yeah. Uh, I think a couple of times when I was young, um, he was a horrible payoff guy. And yeah. that just, I don't know, it really wasn't. It, they ran on Sundays. I mean, it, I think back in the day before I got in, I think it might have drawn a lot better. So it wasn't something that I've even really pursued, you know, because it's like, why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, mean, yeah. Being young, because I was still, you know, I was getting my Thursday, Friday, Saturday bookings before I went to USWA and doing the Outlaws. I was getting my Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. And, you know, for me at that point, I was, I was okay with that, you know? Yeah, of course. And it makes total sense. So, yeah, that's that question. Thanks again, Jamie. The next question is from Derek on Facebook. And how did you meet Jamie? Now, I think we've gone over this before, but maybe let's refresh minds here. So, uh, personally, uh, the official meeting would have been in Hartsfield, Tennessee. Uh, but I remember, and I think I've probably said this on the show, and Jamie knows this. <laughs> it's kind of almost gone back to this. But I, I couldn't stand him. I, I, I was, <laughs> Shows and he, you know, at the fairgrounds, he'd be running around with just how he is right now, all cocky. And, you know, I'm thinking, this little motherfucker, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a teenager, an older teenager getting there. And a little bit before I get into business, probably 12, 13, 14, something like that. And I just thought, this kid, ugh. and, and I, I'll be honest with you, I was never a huge Bill D fan, right. you know. Um, right. so it's not like that, or it was like, Oh, this is good on these signs. Like, uh, okay, this kid right. thinks fucking hot shit. <laughs> and, uh, so then I met him again, wrestling, uh, in Hartsville, Tennessee. Uh, I can't remember what the name of it was, but anyway, we worked against each other for the first few. We were just, it was the same spot where I met Chris Michaels. Right. And again, God, the three of us was, you know, of course you got the guy that runs the show that it's his show and he can't work a lick, but he's the champion and, you know, yeah. his buddies yeah. and all that shit. And, uh, and we're, you know, going out there just blowing them away. And then, you know, we started working against each other. And then the Wolfie D came about, and I mean, I guess to answer the question, though, that's how we met. Okay, 
Yeah, that's funny. I can envision all of that. And, you know, some of you filmmakers that listen to our show, I, I think we still need to make the PG-13 movie. It may be rated R, but it will be called the PG-13 movie. <laughs> anyway, I can just envision that. And I can envision how you're feeling, knowing you, obviously, through this time we've been working together and stuff. I can envision your feelings about that. <laughs> like, what a turd, man. He's running around acting like anyway. Cool. Thanks, Derek, for the question. So the next question is a buddy of ours, Just Jeff. He's from the Tales from the Haunt podcast. He's also friends with Darren Flynn on the I Know You Hear Me podcast. So his question is this, the Terry England fight, basically something about Wolfie and a sleeper hold and Terry picking up the change. Dude, I have no clue. We might yeah. have to that one because I have no clue about that. Okay. So there, let me see if I can get it. I, I don't know if I termed it better, but that, either way, Terry England fight with Terry picking up change does not ring any bells. No. So Flynn told me to ask you about a fight that Terry and Wolfie got into where Terry was trying to pick up change while he was in a sleeper hold. I don't remember ever going after Terry England. <laughs> okay. All right. Terry, right. I mean, to this day, still going to be pretty cool. And I don't talk to him all the time, but I did work for him. Uh, you know, not a lot, but here and there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Ever attack? <laughs> well, I think I think that's the answer. I think that's a good one. So <laughs> we'll we'll use that. Thanks, Jeff, for the question from Facebook. John O. Take wrestlers from any time with no financial worries and build the ultimate WrestleMania. Now, again, that could be a whole show. How about this? You do a couple matches that you think would be the ultimate WrestleMania. How about that? Well, all right. So I don't know if I would say let's uh, let me answer it as the ultimate WrestleMania. I mean, off, off the top of my head, I mean, this is something that I'd have to sit down with a pen and paper. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Think about. It. Yeah. So to answer uh, the best way that I can. Um, I mean, obviously, WrestleMania's had a lot of matches, and, and there's going to be guys that weren't around when it was around. So I would, my first thought is to say, okay, let me think of some, you know, really good stars now, and maybe some stars of yesteryear. I love it. Put them yeah. in there, in their prime, both people being in their prime. And I mean, could you imagine something like Bruiser Brody versus Brock Lesnar? Yeah, uh, or let's think uh, something like um, Ray Mysterio versus the Great Muda with Gary Hart. That's amazing. So I'm thinking. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of okay, like a heavyweight match and a cruiserweight match, and then um, who would be some of the? I see a lot of the stuff I, that's popping in. It's like I'm sure that's already happened. I'm sure that's already happened. Uh, Man, that's a very hard question <laughs> for yeah. me to just rattle off, you know? Um, sure, sure. A lot of the tag team matches, I was thinking, okay, the Road Warriors versus, there's nobody that they haven't wrestled that would be any better than what they've already done. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because there's no, there's no tag teams like that that, that even hold a candle to that, that anymore. Uh, tag team wrestling is... Well, start. I feel. But how about how about the PG thirteen versus the Midnight Express? Uh, I would have loved to have done that. <laughs> yeah. How about that one? <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good one. 
But yeah, yeah. so that, that's just, that's a, would take a lot of thought. We sure. <laughs> probably have to uh, sit down for a while to get that one out. But I how do you think? Yeah, yeah. How do you think of this one? Now, I know they've wrestled before Memphis, but it was back in the day, you know, when Flair was doing his run. How do you think a good run with Ric Flair and Lawler would have been? How do you think that would have been? Their styles. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd it'd definitely be good. I mean, yeah, I I guess on on that stage, and if you put them both in their prime. Yeah. 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 It couldn't be a good match. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But, but like you were saying, I mean, that's something I know has happened. And so, right, make the question more uh, fantasy related, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love it. That Bruiser Brody Brock Lesnar match, my God, man. <laughs> that would be a hell of a one. So, anyway, that's a great question. Thank you, John. Appreciate you listening there and asking the question. Okay, we'll be right back with more questions on Ask Wolfie D Anything. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here, and if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. All right, we're back with Ask Wolfie D Anything. Thanks so much to our sponsors. And we've got a question here from a guy we both know here. Actually, really funny dude that I, I met from my small time in the Nashville wrestling scene. Jeremy Flint asks, mm-hmm. story of Midget D in the cooler. Here we go with that M word again. Uh, <laughs> And he also said, just as a side note, that he misses the road trips y'all were on, and he hopes all is well with you. Jeremy's such a cool guy, man. But anyway, is there a story of Midget D in the cooler? Oh, man, I'm sure there is. Um, I don't remember that one exactly. I mean, first of all, you know, thanks, man. I'm doing doing all right. Just keeping my head above water, brother. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. <sighs> He could be referring to, and and it would not surprise me if he ended up in a fucking cooler. But <laughs> when he would get drunk, he would I, see. You have to understand, Danny was his name. Danny had the mind of a child, legitimately. I'm not making fun or anything like that. He legitimately was underdeveloped that way, where he okay. had mind of a child, the maturity level of a child. Yeah. And so dealing with him um, was was difficult sometimes, especially if you got him drinking and he liked to do other things, too. So, I mean, he's having an underdeveloped brain that's jammed out on whatever, you know, you can only imagine. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and, and that brings Dale Mann back into the conversation, too, because he Dale, like Danny's parents died when he was real little. I remember a picture that was almost haunting. 
that he had kept and he kept with him of his mother lying in her coffin and him as a younger um, little person standing there. And you know, he had a kind of a mean look anyway, but he had this yeah. really mad, mean look on his face and it was a Polaroid. So you can imagine the quality and, and colors in the picture and everything. And I just remembered the, always thinking that is, is, is weird. I'm sorry, but that's weird. <laughs> But that just tells you kind of, I don't know, I, I always think it's like, like nowadays people, when their loved ones are in a hospital dying, they take a picture of it, put it on Facebook. And I'm like, please, if any son of a bitch comes and takes a picture of me on my deathbed, puts it on Facebook, I want right. them to follow me. Right, exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to the thing. Okay, so Dale like had adopted him or something like that and kind of raised him and put him in the wrestling business. So, um he would get drunk and he would just disappear. We'd be at the hotel or wherever at a bar or whatever. And he would just disappear. I do recall a, a one particular incident where we found him. Like this was a hotel that where the rooms were on the inside, not access from the outside. So you didn't have open breezeways. You had, you know, stairs with walls and shit. Yeah. Yeah. This, this dude was, on the bottom floor, up under the steps, like just, just there, just like a little troll. Wow, <laughs> he would do stuff like that. So I, I mean, I'm sure he did end up at a cooler sometime. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so we're in Memphis. Uh, me, Jeff Jarrett, um, Jamie, um, little Danny. <laughs> And we couldn't find him. Like I said, <laughs> he disappeared. Well, first we catch him. He's on the bar, walking up and down the bar, you know, and he's fucking hammered. And uh, then we, he disappears again after that. And the only way we found him was there. And, you know, this club in Memphis was predominantly black. And uh, Danny, he, he was a bit of a racist. Okay. And, uh, so we find him in a circle surrounded by patrons of the bar. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. cussing and he's not, not what we just called the M as admitted. He was using the N word oh, quite, man. quite uh, radically. But the part about it was they knew who he was because he was on TV with us. Yeah. And he was making them laugh. And I'm, I'm <laughs> grateful that it was making them laugh because that could have been a bad scene. But yeah. they were laughing about it because, you know, he had that speech impediment. And I guess just the fact, you know, some people you know, being in the wrestling business, I've been around uh, quite a few little people and some people have it. And, you know, some people even have phobias of it and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. So I don't know if it was just uh, those combinations of things made it hilarious to him you know like a little chucky doll was sitting there cussing him out <laughs> so i don't know but it was we we me and jeff uh grabbed him and went over and there was this big old chair uh like a like an antique very nice chair that sat at the front of the the entranceway to this bar i can't remember the name of which one it was but yeah. <clears throat> so we put him up in the in the chair. Of course, his little feet don't even reach the end of the cushion. And, you know, it looks <laughs> hilarious that he's sitting in this big, uh, you know, Victorian style chair. And as the bar closes, all the 
the people are like throwing quarters and dollars and like just throwing money on as almost thank you for entertaining us tonight. <laughs> just like, what the fuck, man? And so when it's time to go, I mean, he's he's completely out of it. I mean, like nearly like not like coherent talking. I'm talking out. He's out for the gallon. Yeah. So we couldn't get him up. And, and I talked about earlier about picking up a little person. It's not right. the easiest thing to do. So me and Jeff grabbed, I think I grabbed his feet and Jeff grabbed his hands. And it, it was, I'm serious, like carrying it is so hard, you know, I feel like we we're moving furniture or something. And uh, we get out there and Jeff goes, because it was, the, we were, me and him were both screwed up too, but it's like, the way we were trying to do it was making it probably more harder than it had to be if one of us would just throw him over the shoulder, right? So right, right. He grabs him and he picks him up and he throws him over his shoulder. So Danny's head is at Jess, you know, hanging down Jess back a little bit. And when he landed, okay, of course his big old butt is kind of right there next to Jess' face. And when he landed, <laughs> the pressure of Jess' shoulder pushing on his stomach. Made him fart. <laughs> so Jess starts laughing. I start laughing and he drops him right on his fucking head right there in the parking lot. <laughs> oh my God. Kind of, kind of wakes him up actually, you know, to where he's, he grabs, he's grabbing his little head and he's like, Oh God, you know, whatever. So we put him in the car and we leave. That's the end. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. That thank you for that story. Thank you, Jeremy, for asking the question that brought on that story. Oh man, that was great. Wow. I can just see all that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I still can see it. Yeah, yeah. That, if you can see the visuals in my head of what I saw, you would laugh even harder, I promise. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. What I was thinking is who got the money? <laughs> Did y'all stick it in his pocket? Or? I don't remember what. I don't know. I don't have any idea. I can't remember that. Yeah, yeah. I got you. understand. The yeah. It's probably Jamie took it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. <laughs> Our next question from King Limson on Instagram. If 100% healthy... And maybe 10 years off of your current age of 29, what company would you try and work for at the moment? What was the stipulation before 10 years off my current age? And yeah, let's say that? you're in your middle 30s and yep. you're 100% healthy. You, you maybe you've had time to get healthy and you're, you're, you're and at your was, peak. They said if money was no issue. Well, no, it would just say what company would you try oh. and work for at the moment? I mean, okay, first of all, I mean, wherever I'm going to get paid, uh, probably the best. Sure. And you'd also factor in, as we talked about earlier, who is going to use me the best? Who is going to give me the best push? Who do I feel, you know, and as far as um, booking styles, and I know they don't call it that no more, but who's going to book me right? Yeah, that makes sense. Pretty much. uh, So, like, the question a little bit is like, but you know, or do you like WWE better? Do you like AEW? That would <laughs> right. be based on my decision, and no, that would not be based on my decision. I mean, right? the The letters are not the deal; it's the dollars and yeah. the mental aspect of the story that you would be involved in. So, right. yeah, it makes total sense. I mean, I'm sure the dollar amount can get to a level to where you don't care as much about what they're writing, but also the writing could probably get 
to be perfect and might help the dollars a little, you know, it's, right. I'm sure that factors into it, but at the same time, whoever's paying the most, I mean, that's dude, that's a no brainer, you know? Okay. Great question. Thank you, King. The next question is Samson USA from Twitter. The favorite city that you visited in your travels. Just visited. Yeah. Uh, just visited in your life. Um, I really liked, uh, I really liked living in Tampa. I mean, I, I visited a lot of places, but also didn't get to do a lot in those places. I, you know, right. When I right. went up to New York for these conventions, that was really, and I'd been to New York on several occasions, but it was always go in, do the show and leave, you know, right. The building. And so seeing going to the Statue of Liberty and all the stuff that uh, me and my girlfriend did while we were there in November, it was the most I got to do there. So I've been to a lot of cities in the United States, but I, haven't, I wouldn't say I visited them. So I'm going to go with places that I've been where I got to do stuff. And I, I really enjoyed Tampa. Uh, a lot of the boys lived down there and, and the cool ones, not goose. Yeah. And so in the weather and all that good stuff, man. So I, I'd say I like Tampa, Florida. That's cool. Yeah, because it's a very cool city. I, I agree. All right. So the next question from Samson USA here, not in Tennessee, but the favorite city you've wrestled as far as the crowd reaction, what would you say outside of Tennessee? Outside of Tennessee? Yeah. Well, I mean, I always enjoyed going to Louisville. The gardens was always fun. But right. I think when he says Tennessee, he might be referring to outside USWA. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The uh, ECW crowd in Philadelphia was good. I liked working in front of them, and even some of their spot shows too. We got really good responses from. Um, I mean, obviously, there there was a match. Uh, I think did we do the uh, walkthrough on the one with the triple sunset flip against the Chung Dragons? Yes, we did on the WCW. That yep. right there. I mean, that was a hell of fucking. Uh, you know, not. It's a different, there's a couple of different kinds of reactions. Okay. There's, we hate these guys, you know, they got heat or, yeah, right. Great move, or, whoa, we didn't see that coming. Um, uh, or these guys are over, whatever. Uh, and for that one, um, I think I talked about it on that show. That was, I don't remember what town that was. I'm trying to make this make sense here, but that was a great place to wrestle because of the, the reaction that we got from them at the end. It was not a, you know, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, we had, they should have pushed us to the moon after that or anything like that. No, it was just a, it was a good fucking match. And the yeah. people had to finish and they popped incredibly for the finish. And like I said before, when we came back through the curtain, uh, the boys, I mean, like said, DDP, Arn Anderson, all these people who were standing up clapping for us. So that was, that was a, uh, I knew I got a, I'm not just me on that, please. The, we, uh, as a match, got a good reaction that was cool. Yeah, that's awesome. It was a great match, and it was a hot, fast-moving, don't-breathe-for-a-second match, too, yeah. you know? Very cool. Thank you for that question, Samson. So the next question from Lifesaver13 on Twitter, could there have ever been another member than Jamie of PG-13, and would it have worked? Probably not. We've talked about that. Uh, right. The just that, that certain something that clicks sometimes and yeah you know he we complimented each other um where i lacked he had it and vice versa and yeah i don't think 
two others probably could have pulled that off. You know, the yeah. yeah, it all clicked together. The work, the look, the talk, the everything worked in different ways. You know, he yeah. faces the chemistry in the ring. Um, and just probably would not have. And some people might not know this. There was actually so uh, you. I don't know if you consider Midget D a part of PG thirteen, but he. He kind of was, uh, right, and there right. also um, just incredible was a member of PG thirteen for just a hot minute. They called him uh, in USWA called him PG one eight seven. They put him with us, and there was also a dude named Chris Kearns that uh, did like a, a clown gimmick uh, for us, and I can't. Yeah, he had the clown gimmick on, and we called him Lucky thirteen. <laughs> That you know, that was for uh, that was the national scene. That was Reno Riggins' um, promotion, yeah. I believe. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, there was a couple, but there's there could have never been, uh, you know, I, I guess too cool. But <laughs> 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 and they they did it in a, a little bit of a different way too, I guess. You know, but the yeah. same, yeah. And I've actually asked Scott that question. He said he swears on his kid that it wasn't y'all. The thing is, is it's so hard to say that when you all already existed. That's the thing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? One of those things that, you know, John Cena took it, they took it, whatever. As I said, it's nothing personal against those guys in particular. I just think that the office put the gimmick on them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But not, maybe in the office, not saying, Let's put the PG-13 gimmick on them. But yeah. No, all I say is, and, and I think it's gotten twisted by some people of how I worded that. I believe that I originated that style of gimmick is all I'm saying. Right. You and you're saw, right. You never yeah. saw a little white thug rapper with tennis shoes and shorts uh, until that. Right. You're exactly but right. I try to say, oh, yeah, okay, well, PN News. What? Are you joking me? <laughs> right. That's not even okay. Just cause, I'm not saying that I invented rap and wrestling. That's not what. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you get on a platform like this where people are listening, and you you really do. People can twist what you say, man, real quick. Yeah, we know that people twist your words for sure. That's done and been done anyway. So yeah, okay. Because it was already out there, you cannot deny. That I just don't think you can deny that whether or not it's a direct like I'm gonna rip off Wolfie D and Jamie. Yeah, is that? Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But y'all existed, so yeah. there has to be something to that. So anyway, all right, we'll we'll wrap that one up because I think that one has been answered to death. So, <laughs> all right, cool. So the next question, Steve Stevens from Facebook. I don't <laughs> think it is the famous Billy Idol guitarist, but we'll go with that. First time getting color. And are you a poke and twist or a slice? <laughs> oh, so on the answer to that one, um, I actually don't recall the first time I ever did it. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And nothing memorable on the first time I ever did it, but uh, I guess the way I did it was just uh, kind of a combination of both or whatever. I just try to be quick about it. Sure. I think a lot of guys, when they do it, it just, oh, it makes me cringe watching some people get color and just. Right. So obvious. It's like, please, brother, stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just tried to be real quick about it. I thought I was good at kayfabe and it usually. Um, I've, yeah. I do, 
watched one match with, with myself and Cahagas there in Nashville. And I only because I know exactly when I did it, can I catch myself doing it. But yeah. I, I was like, eh, that's probably the best one I've ever done right there because hey, you can't <laughs> see that one happening. And it wasn't like I, I got great color. But yeah, just I kind of just put it in there. And once I feel it's deep enough, just do a little back and forth motion. Um, sure. And there's been times when I damn near cut my fucking head off just because I, you know, didn't know what I was doing or whatever. But yeah, one thing you can't really teach that at a wrestling school. You can explain how to do it. Yeah. Okay, today, guys, we're gonna we're gonna cut our foreheads open. Everybody (laughs) grab a knife and a razor blade and tape and scissors and yeah. Yeah. And you know, one thing that I hadn't ever thought of was sometimes, and I learned this, I saw Chris Michaels doing this backstage at Saw. He was pounding a couple tall boys before getting some color. Now, I know that was some, and I I don't want to incriminate Chris Michaels. He's 21. He can drink. But at the same time, he drank a couple and then would get color. But also, I remember... Guys have done aspirin. I've heard of iron B12, I think, or something. Anyway, did you ever do anything extra before? Yeah. Aspirin and, and booze was probably the only, I don't, I don't know about those other ones you said, but those yeah. I've heard of sometimes I would, sometimes I wouldn't. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember one night I saw Kevin Weatherby about cut his head off because he couldn't get anything. It was just like, God, bro, chill <laughs> out. Well, <laughs> I yeah. guarantee what it was. Yeah, yeah. You're going to bleed if you do it right up, up on that area of your head. Um, when we were doing angles, you know, with, uh, for instance, like Doug and Tommy, there was nights where I didn't have to take a fucking blade to the ring because sure. the night before in Memphis, I got it there. And overnight in Louisville, it's not going to fucking heal <laughs> all the way. Right. So there's been times where I've been like, just pop me. And he punched me as hard as he could right on that cut and bust it back open, you know. Yeah, I could never understand the guys that went up and down like Abdullah and even Dusty. Like, yeah. why did you do it against your wrinkle? Like, you know what I mean? Uh, I, don't, I don't understand that either. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is, but I've never done it. One night, Sam Shaw, I was working for Porter. They drug me into it, of course, and, and I did a big old flat back bump and did the snow angel. I always call it the snow angel where I'm laid arms out, legs out like yeah. spread eagle. Well, Crimson, Tommy Mercer, he did an elbow drop on me, and Sam Shaw came off the top rope with Bobby Eaton's Alabama Jam, and I moved my head up instead of leaning it, and he busted my lip. It was a hard way, and it bled, and I spit blood all in Porter's ring. I just was like, you never pay me anything. I'm going to give you a little something. So I got a hard way one time, and that was pretty crazy. And he was like, I'm sorry, man. And I'm like, no, it was my fault. I should have moved my head. Anyway, so yeah. Hard ways suck. (laughs) Okay, next question. Thank you for answering that. Thank you, Steve, for the question. Larry Charles from Facebook, he says, guilty pleasure. So he's kind of doing your gimmick here. Do you have any guilty pleasures, like a favorite TV show that you, uh, you know, you're like, "Eh, I don't really want to tell people this, but what would be one or a song or a band or a movie? Something that you're like, dang, that's awesome. I cannot deny that, even though. It's kind of lame. Do you have any of those? <sighs> Man, because I watch so many different shit on TV. I watch you so do. much different yeah. genres everything. I watch horror flicks. I can't say that there's anything. Because if it's something, I, 
I really, unless I just think of something random, if yeah. I'd be embarrassed to tell it, I probably ain't watching it because it means I don't like it. Right, uh, right, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I I watched, but it's, I don't feel that I don't know. That's a guilty pleasure. It's just my girlfriend asked me to watch that new Jennifer Lopez movie, and I watched it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You didn't get your man card taken for that. I mean, come on. I mean, there's at least something to look at there, if you know, I by myself and maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a good. Yeah. Is there a song that is just a guilty pleasure that you will sing every lyric to, but you're like, holy crap, I'm not doing this in front of people. Like, <sighs> like mine is Christopher Cross. I really like that dude from takes me away <laughs> that it's, he's kind of lame but i love that music i don't know why but 80s pop yeah 80s pop yeah exactly no i don't know that there's music that would embarrass me honestly okay i respect that so right now we're sticking with the jennifer lopez movie and that's pretty funny so we'll go with that all right so this is the last question for this episode of Ask Wolfie D Anything, and it's Jormacon from Instagram. Knowing what you know now, is there anything that you would have changed about your wrestling style? My style? No. Yeah. Yeah, like you're... <laughs> because that that style got me to where right. I needed to be. The only thing that... Uh, and. As I said, I believe I had all the ability in the world to go further than what I did. It's the things I did outside the ring that that cost me that. Those would be the things I would change. And at, in the early stages, taking the shit as far as the gym and, and conditioning my body, uh, taking those things a little bit more seriously. Yeah, because you had a natural build about you where there's a lot of guys that you can see are like super gym rats, like Luke Hawks. That guy, if he if he's not vascular every second, he's probably freaking out. But you <laughs> were in good shape. Dude, I remember when I first met you, I was like, my God, he looks like a road warrior now. I remember, <laughs> you know, watching Wolfie D and then somebody's like, yeah, Wolfie D's booked on this show. And then you're over there in the corner freaking looking like a road warrior. So you, <laughs> you went through your phase of that. It's just you're saying back in the day, yeah in, yeah I remember. but at the same time pg-13 didn't have to be big because of the style and the gimmick and what we would do in the ring we did not yeah have to be that big right thank you all so much for ask wolfie d coming up is the name game now it's time to play the name All right, listeners, we're back with the name game, and I've got Wolfie on the hot seat right here, and we're going to do a little bit of a twist on the name game. Since Wolfie's almost answered every name game question, I want to go with a little twist here. So the first one I'm asking you is Flair or Hogan? Hogan. Brett or Sean? Uh, Sean. Rock and roll or midnight? Midnight. Lawler or Dundee? Lawler. I knew that one. <laughs> Road Warriors or Demolition? <laughs> Road Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easiest one. Funk or Rhodes? Rhodes. Flair or Rhodes? Rhodes. Heenan or Cornette? Cornette. Ventura or King? And I guess this would be as a color commentator. Uh, King. Yeah. Hercules or Warrior? 
Hercules. Ultimate Ultimate Warrior, by the way. So. <laughs> okay. Andre or Big Show? Andre. Andre or Taker? Taker. Taker or Kane? <laughs> Taker. WWF or WCW? WCW. Taker or HBK? Taker. Stone Cold or Rock? Stone Cold. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> Stone Cold or Hogan? Hmm. Stone Cold. Savage or Flair? Savage. Savage or Steamboat? Savage. Savage or Hogan? It just depends on the reasoning between why I'm saying these, but uh, Savage. All right. Mega Powers or PG-13? <laughs> uh, <laughs> neither one of them got along too well, did they? <laughs> uh, PG-13. All right. LOD or PG-13? LOD, man. Hell yeah. And then here's the very last one of the name game here. Savage or Wolfie D? <laughs> I got to go with my hero, man. All right. Thank you so much for this section of the name game. We'll be right back with Current Affairs. DJ, hit the music. It's a current affair. It's a current affair. All right, we're back with Current Affairs, sponsored by Coach's Corner Sports Grill. The first Current Affairs right now is the biggest news in one of uh, wrestling is obviously Cody Rhodes has signed back with WWE. What are your thoughts on this, man? Is that crazy? Uh, I mean, uh, it shows smart move on his part. Just the thing that I saw where they tried to give him, what was it, 500000 uh, to stay when he left. Yeah. And for apparently a few million. Yeah. Exactly. It's genius. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like it from my guess, he's going to work a angle with Seth Rollins at mania. So it'll be a good guy to work with for him. I just hope they don't put that stardust gimmick back on him, man. He tried to make it work, but golly, that was rough. So once again, it's all going to depend on like, they just made an investment now. Yeah. Like, they don't do. Okay. They're bringing him straight into WrestleMania. Right. The WrestleMania, what are they going to do after that? Or is it just going to fizzle out? You yeah. Know, not because of his talent or anything. Just what are they going to do after that? So that it depends on, man. It's like yeah. I was earlier. They, they got to book him right. Or that that would be a wasted, you know, two, three million dollars. Not that yeah. they're but. Right. And the thing about WWE is they can cut a person at any time. They don't care. You know, they'll, they'll do that. Well, uh, speaking of that, Tony Khan recently said what we've all assumed. Basically, a lot of the early AEW people that were, you know, hired on a lot of the indie guys aren't going to be resigned because of all the free agent signings that essentially Vince and Ring of Honor closing is dumping on him. He is quoted as saying, due to COVID, he wanted to give job security, but with so many coming in, I can't can't renew all the contracts. I mean, that's just something that he recently said. And I think that's something we all assumed would happen, right? There's naturally just going to happen. So, Once the 
keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're going to sign somebody like Adam Cole or, or Malachi Black. Are you going to sign them or are you going to keep somebody like, I don't know, J- Joey Janela or somebody like that? You know, it makes sense to sign the bigger names, you know, as a business. We agree on that. Well, that was the second current affair. The third one is this. Your old buddy, X-Pac, made his return to the ring against Matt Cardona for GCW Wrestling. Now, he apparently had a torn ACL for 14 years and never got it fixed. So, now you recently made a return to the ring, but he actually just made a return in a tag team against Matt Cardona, who's the NWA champion right now. So, yeah, man, he looked pretty good. Did you see anything about that? I saw that it happened. I haven't seen any footage or anything. That. Yeah, yeah. I watched a little bit of it on a replay video. He looked good, but you could tell at the end that he was done. Have you ever torn anything? I partially tore the outer head of my bicep in a car wreck. And honestly, it it, it didn't hurt really. Um, uh, fuck, I was in a rollover crash, so that was the least of my, you know. Shit. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. What had happened, like I had screwed my shoulder up real bad, and it was... You know, I, I should have had sh- uh, shoulder surgery. I know that. I just I couldn't afford it. Didn't have insurance, and uh, it kind of just kind of healed. It took a while, but it healed on its own. And to this day, I still haven't had surgery on it. Sometimes it'll hurt me, but yeah, um, all that shit. You know, I'm pretty sure I tore my rotator cuff. This is what happened. But um, so, like at the gym, if I would try to curl you know like your hand your palm is turned outward that position hurt really 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 bad it felt like somebody was sticking a knife in my shoulder well when i had that wreck and the outer head tore away my shoulder pain was almost immediately gone and so it's like i don't know what was going on, but all that's tied in right there so yeah sure. mine didn't hurt but then when i i tore my tricep you remember uh, working against Derek. And that fucking hurt. And then I partially tore the other one before that, and that felt the same fucking way. It felt like my elbow exploded. Uh, so torn muscles don't feel too good. <laughs> I'd say, yeah. See, because I didn't even, I've never even had my outer head reattached. There's no need in it. The doctor said there's no need to do that. Um, and, and quite frankly, my my right arm is just as strong as my left arm. I, I didn't really have any strength difference or anything. That's yeah, because I've noticed, you know, I know like somebody like Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, he actually had like total atrophy and everything. But anyway, pretty, pretty crazy stuff. I've noticed some guys that have had it, that it's really affected their, their bicep as far as they look different on their right to their left. But yeah, but anyway, that's pretty much it for current affairs. I know we've got WrestleMania coming up, but at the same time, we are more important than that. (laughs) (laughs) no i'm just kidding but anyway thank you all for listening so much why don't you take us out wolfie yeah once again we just want to appreciate everybody the sponsors uh the listeners uh don't forget to check out the merchandise of pro wrestling tees i still got figures available uh all the good stuff that jimmy said earlier get yourself manscaped and don't be gross uh use promo code wolfie to get 20 percent off of that So, once again, another episode in the can, Jimmy, and we will see you folks next time. And now a word from our sponsor. Wait! 
gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all, and all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, don't. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, don't. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause you're spitting the truth. Still lobbing in color. Don't rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap. I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD. And I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Tired of suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip-hop Been doing it like this since 92 Played low for a while when you thought I was through Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected This shit's so sick 
it makes your ears get infected. Mad skills, no faking, that is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one poor data. Not here to play games, so you better be right. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. All the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you want to get dropped. When my finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Driving it home, it's what we do, baby. Huh? I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.